Hi friends, welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. My name is Jared Haskell, I'm a photographer, videographer, and a now podcaster. Um, Jason McCutcheon is here with me today, uh, friend, business partner, and all around smart guy. Jay, what are we gonna be talking about today? So today we're talking about what I think is one of the most um, important things about anybody's business, and that is um, business systems. And I like if you're gonna don't check out because I wanna I wanna like just put something into <laughs> your brain before we um, kind of move forward because at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is about making money. Um, there's a side to it that's also about being personally satisfied and creating the life that you want. And I think being your own boss, all that stuff. But you can't accomplish that if you don't make money. And and like creating wealth really happens in like two main ways that I think people focus on, which is selling more volume. You, you know, you create volume or you, you know, have higher prices. And pretty much we focus on that as a creative industry, like mostly really just how do I charge more? How do I charge more? How do I charge more? Um, I think there's a third way that you can create wealth that is seems um, like it's not just creating more sales necessarily, but it's creating more efficiency. And that's through creating better systems. Yeah. You know, you, you can have better efficiency and, and better efficiency will create wealth. Um, I think in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And think, that's what we're talking about today is, is, is efficiency. Sure. I think if you're at home and you're listening or you're watching this um, and you run a creative industry, you have systems. You might not have, you know, have maybe you haven't written them down and like gotten them super organized, but in some way or shape or form, you have a system when it comes to marketing, when it comes to maybe it's, maybe it's even a bad system where you're like, this part is broken. Um, yeah, you haven't spelled it out necessarily, but you do have a system. I think our hope today is that we're going to talk through the different areas and kind of give a little bit more structure to the systems that are out there that are known by a lot of wedding creatives. What we do at our company, Stop Go Love, and uh, hopefully it can be helpful to the people at home listening. Yeah, yeah. and so for us, we run, um, you know, a pretty large wedding um, studio. Humble brag. So... When you're listening, like some of the things that we do, we're not recommending you do. Yeah. Because they're not necessary. What I will say is we didn't always run a large studio, but we always tried to find a good system. And I think that's what allowed us to decide to run a good studio is we were like, we can do this. We, every time we, we're not like, we're finding more and more ways to do things faster and easier. We're automating as much as we can. We're clearly identifying who does what, when they do it and how they do it. Um, you know, so what is a system? Let's define that really quick. Um, so the functioning definition we'll use today is what a system is, is a set of principles or procedures. And this is just directly from Google. So you can, so we know it's true because whatever Google says is true. A, a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done, an organized scheme or method. So I like that one because it makes you think about, um, it's not just like the mechanism, but it's really, it's also a philosophy. Like a system, especially as a wedding entrepreneur, it's not just like get myself a project, you know, get HoneyBook. That's what a system, a philosophy is also behind it. So um, I think the first thing to think about is why should someone have systems? You know, how does that actually help them um, cre create more of what they want, which is time, money. Um, and I think the other thing a system will do is better quality, actually. Because I think if you do those three things, if you save yourself time, if you save yourself money, and if you improve your quality, you can make a decision whether or not you want to do more volume mm -hmm. or higher prices or both. Yeah. Right? Look, I think uh, a lot of people listening to this are probably creatives. They're probably people that are like, I want to get my hands on a camera. I want to make something. And they tend to emphasize that, right? They tend to be like, I want to create my art. The most important thing right now is make better looking video, make better looking photos. And that's, what's going to end up making me more money, which, you know, we would probably argue that that's a part of it, but it's not the thing that's going to save you a lot of time, certainly. Um, so I think when you first start out, 
you tend to be like, this is where I need to put my time. Maybe, maybe you're starting and you're like part-time, right? It's like, I'm working during the week. I have two days to work on my business or my craft, the, the starting point of what hopefully will be a big business. And, and they're like, ah, you know, if I have two days to work on something, I'm probably going to fill those two days with shooting. It's not a lot of time spent on building the structure of your business. Or maybe you're like, I'll spend like 25% building like the systems and the business and I'll spend the rest kind of doing the art. Um, and we would probably argue it should probably be more balanced, right? I think this is going to bother some people, but I know a lot of people running different types of businesses and mm -hmm. all the people making the most money emphasize systems more than creating. Sure. And I mean, look at it, like us now, like we're, we're running a big business. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of operations. A big creative business. Not but, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're not $5 million dollar yeah. business. Woo! No, no, no. Um, compared to the, the market and, and I mean, it's, it's huge to me. Um, but, uh, but I probably spend most of my time, I would say probably 95%. And honestly, if you're running a real business that, you know, is 30 weddings, probably you realize 90% of your business is just oh, systems I, work. I think that what ends up happening to most people is they get into the quandary of, I want to make more money. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they say is I don't have any more time. Mm -hmm. I want to make more money, but I don't have more time. Sure. And I think that's not true usually. I think if you really got down to, they're either very undisciplined, they procrastinate, they put things off, or they wish they could find a way to be more efficient and save themselves, but they don't know how, mm -hmm. right? And if they would figure out a way to either be disciplined or just somebody was to walk them through, like, what if we did this? What if we did this? They would actually realize they had more time. And what would they do at that time, Jared? Uh, more creative work or more money yeah yeah they would sell another wedding yeah like if you knew you could do the exact same amount of work today and and do four more weddings for a lot of you guys that's 12 grand more revenue mm -hmm. like that is a no-brainer yep and i think for like a lot of creatives i want to set you free and realize like you can be like a real business person. You don't need to just be a person who always goes to every single thing and goes, I'm more of the creative type. I don't know business. That's, I think that day, that day should be done for us as, a, as an, as an industry. Like, Put a nail in the coffin on that. Like if you're in this and you want to be around for any period of time. And honestly, the people that do the best work out there, I look at like Jose Villa and I look at like every once in a while, I'll see like a peek behind the scenes. He has great systems. He has editors working for him. He has all these things in line. He knows what he's so doing he, with the lead. Again, it, it, it's a means to an end, right? It's If you have the right systems, it's, it seems kind of counterintuitive. If you spend more time on your systems, it's actually going to open your time up to a lot more creative the work The reason down the we line, can be hopefully. more creative now is because the things that we have that are generating revenue are buying us time. Sure. And they're giving us the freedom to do it. Yeah, turn your sound off too. I did <laughs> just now. That's a rare um, occurrence. That's a bad. We need a system for that. I know. Um, speaking of, let's think about why someone needs a system. So sure. I want to make this really simple for people. A system should help you answer some very simple questions about what you're doing. So let's just break this down. I have four basic systems someone I think needs to be looking at. This is not an exhaustive list. There are probably other ones, but just for simplicity's sake, you have lead generation, lead processing, project management, project follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. And and within those, you need to be able to answer some very simple questions about each one of these systems. And there's obviously subsystems mm -hmm. in the systems, which mm -hmm. are really just when something will be done, how something will be done, by whom will something be done? And it could be a robot, by the way. The mm -hmm. whom could be the Google robots or the Zapier robots. Yep. But I think, so just really simple, ask yourself that question about something in your business, no matter how big you are, I think you can say, okay, when is this going to be done? Mm -hmm. How's it going to be done? And who's going to do it? Yep. I think that's all we're talking about. If you're like systems, is that like typing a bunch of zeros and ones like the matrix? Yeah. No, we're just talking very simple. Yeah. When's it going to get done? Who's going to do it? And how's it going to get done? So, so I think if we had theme music, I would call this section fun with systems and it'd be polka music. Oh playing. yeah. I love it. Uh, but I, I think we're going to have, <laughs> we're going to try to have fun with systems. Uh, and we're going to write down the different types of systems, like you just mentioned, and we're eventually going to go through and we're going to grade ourselves. Because I way, think self-reflection is a lot of fun. I love this crap. I do too. 
But I mean, talking on it, it I mean, <laughs> we need polka music. I mean, it's just you need to mix and match, you know, salt, sweet and salty at the same time. Well, here's what I love about this stuff, though. I really believe anyone can do it. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, also, you know me, like I'm full creative. Like I'm like full on, like, let's have fun. Let's go out and shoot something awesome. Let's, you know, melt over, you know, awesome looking, dope looking images. And let's go have fun with that. And, you know, you can't really do that for long if you don't have the right systems in place. So. Yeah. It's just, I want the freedom to do whatever I want to do. And that's the Completely. point of being an entrepreneur. Yep. And like, if you're creative, that's probably especially important to you. Yep. So let's, let's just put it in another context. You want to be that guy who shoots less, gets paid more, and you're and you've accomplished it somewhat. And you think, you know, you're trying to do six grand a wedding. You want to do doing thirty weddings. You, that's really good. Mm -hmm. One hundred eighty grand gross revenue, right? You know, now that takes a lot of lead processing to maintain because mm -hmm. you're going to create a lifestyle for yourself, and you're going to need to maintain that lifestyle. You're not going to want to suddenly drop. Like, think of it this way: you have a bad system. Say you the first year and what people find is like they can usually bootstrap something for like one year, do a really bad job of it and somehow be like, I did it. I got, I did 30 weddings, even though I like, I barely got back to people in time and my delivery sucked or something like that. A bunch of things were disorganized, but that next year is when you're going to pay the price for your bad systems. It's not going to totally. bite you in the butt the right way. And so like if you're just 20% less efficient, during the year you're shooting the first year you're shooting 30 weddings which means maybe you're not getting back to leads as much because it's the first time you've ever been that successful next year you do 25 weddings instead of 30 that's 30 grand mm -hmm. yeah. that's like that it really matters and i want everybody to just let it sit in with themselves like how much money are you leaving on the table because you just can't do basic stuff that really it goes into running a business mm -hmm. you do your taxes wrong mm-hmm which hopefully you're outsourcing that system, by the way, but like you just don't do your taxes right. 15 grand here, 20 yep. grand there, 10 grand, like all these things add up and it's really keeping you from next leveling your business. Yeah, I think when I think of systems, yeah, I think you brought up a good point. It's gonna hurt you the next year. Um, I think having a, a plan for systems as you grow and however you can predict things happening in the future, you want to account for them, right? Sure. So like if you're growing, if you plan to grow your business by 10 weddings next year, if you, what does your system look like that's different than today? Like if you're struggling right now to get out a wedding after two months, say you edited a bunch of photos and you're struggling to get it out after two months, but yet you want to expand into by 10 more weddings next year, how the heck are you going to account? You can't just always be like, well, I'll be better. I mean, that's a part of it. But like, I think you should have a full a plan, plan for, yeah, get a plan together. Or like you just don't post on your Instagram for three months Yeah. or you never fall. Like just a system will keep you from dropping a ball and it also will let you identify where the leak is. Yep. Because you're like, because we have a lot of leaks with our business all Completely. the time. We're Too like, much to do all the time. We're like, oh, that's not going well. Because yeah. I know, because I can answer the three questions. Yep. Like I'll say, I know what. I know what it, when I want it done by, and I know how I want it done, but I don't have a person to do it. Yep. Or I know like who can I, you know, I have a person who's supposed to do this, but I don't know what I want them to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, or the, I don't have a app for that or like a, some kind of tool that will let me do it. Yep. Like you just need to be able to identify. I think that's, what's most important too, is like, I don't want you to be discouraged if everything about your system suck. If you can start to identifying that they suck. You've that's a really, really, really encouraging step. I know yep. it doesn't feel like it, yep. but it's like okay, just fix one thing at a time. Like yep. you don't need to go through. So let's get into little this. bites, little bites. Yeah, I, little I think I, I think you're totally right because it, it can feel overwhelming, right? Totally, like, especially when you're first starting out. I don't think a lot of people realize like, oh shoot, I need a way that like right now if I'm taking credit card over the phone, like for whatever reason you would be doing that. I don't know why, but you realize like, I don't even have to think about entering credit card information. You know, like, it's when just, we I first got our credit cards, I had to go and manually reconcile them every day. No. So I had to go into the thing and like, I'm sorry. otherwise we never got the money. Yeah, so I had yeah. to go and make sure that we processed our credit card payments yeah. and to manually do that. Yep. That didn't matter at that point. Yeah. 
when we were doing 10 a year yeah. or less. Yeah. But as we've grown, because I was like, we can't be doing that. Yeah. I, like it allowed us to grow because we've started removing manual steps. And I think there's a great term everyone needs to know, which is irreplaceable person syndrome. Yep. Which means that one person will always be the bottleneck to your success. Yep. Whatever their capacity is, is a bottleneck. Systems let you expand capacity and remove bottlenecks. And yep. That's what we're going for. I think uh, uh, um, I'm still working on this, the saying. I think it's an uncut gem right now. Okay. give it. And I, I'm not even going to give a preview. I'm going to talk about the concept. Okay? Three or four more episodes, he'll have yeah. W his saying. But one of my favorite things about having a business these days is firing myself from roles. Yeah. And, and I think systems allow you to fire yourself without hiring another person. A good system is a way that you can so much. Yeah. Saves you so much money, saves you so much time. That's why I think like when we first started the business, it was like, Oh, there's this new, you were always really excited about a new piece of software. And I was like, ah, this thing I have to learn now. I hate these systems. But when you get in there, you realize, Oh, I can fire myself from having to deal with well, and like, I don't, I'm not trying to collect that I hate. I'm not trying to collect software. Like once I find something that works, yeah, that's it. Sure. Like when people go like, oh, well, we could try this new one. No. Yeah. I don't need it. And, this is fine. And and recognizing when, I mean, there are a lot of softwares out there too that is actually like more work to yes. be able to, like you get in there, you're like, this is just giving me another job. Like, and so I think as a business owner, that's what I look at when I, I look at system is, is like, is this actually saving me more time or is it, you know, uh, what is it, robbing Peter to feed Paul like yes. you know you don't want a software that does that at the end of the day you don't want a system that takes more time to manage than it actually yeah. saves let's so, ho- let's hop into those uh those four different so we, systems right like I said I got we got four systems that I think you need I'll to write them a, down you say you need to have an answer to you need to have an answer um for what is my system for lead generation what is my system of uh, lead processing um what is my system of project management and what is my system of project follow-up um so this is, you know, like I said, these are your principles and procedures that you use for each of those. They answer that question of um, when something will be done, how something will be done, and by whom something will be done for each of those areas. And so I know this is getting a little teachy, but um, I'm a teacher by trade, by the way. That's where I come out of. So I'm just going to do what I'm good at. Um, so start, start with generation. So let's look at our I'm lead slow, generation. I'm so lead generation to me... Um, is what a lot of people would call marketing and branding. But I, I really think marketing and branding is the whole purpose is to create leads and generate, you know, revenue in that, in that way. And so, um, most people I think actually do have some things that they're regularly doing for lead generation. I, Mm -hmm. I can't like, yeah, everybody is like, so this means like for us, let's talk about our own business, right? Lead generation, um, we do The Knot, we do Wedding Wire, we do Love Stories TV, um, we do social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Of course, we have client referrals, we have vendor referrals, and then some other things that are part of our system. So to me, the system is every part of the ecosystem. It's not just the platforms I advertise on or the places I tell you about, Mm -hmm. but it's what goes into creating a lead. And so like... We also, I would include SEO, HoneyBook, um, Zapier. If you don't know what Zapier is, it's a really wonderful tool that allows you to connect. Um, basically, we would call it um, middleware. And it lets you connect, for instance, uh, HoneyBook to MailChimp mm-hmm. or HoneyBook to Asana. Things like that, which are tools that we use. Um, and they're leading into the next system for us or another system that we have. And so that's what we do for lead generation. And I think what's important about each of those is in general, we know what they're doing for us in that process. You know, we're looking at like from wedding wire not, I would like to get 10 to 20% of our brides from wedding wire not. Mm-hmm. That's what I want it to do. This is how it does it. It sits on those platforms. Um, okay. And, you know, we just have to go in and make sure it looks nice mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't take a lot of work to maintain. Yeah. I think the thing I like about the knot and wedding wire and people out there will, will talk smack and about wedding wire and the knot, or they love wedding wire and the knot. Um, regardless, the thing that I like about that part of lead generation is the fact that it's 
done. It like, doesn't it's require there, any maintenance. It's working for me. It's up there. As opposed to something like you mentioned, Instagram, social media, like you have to always produce that content and that is work. Oh yeah. Which, you know, you're always like, Jared, you need to get better at like Instagram. And I'm like, I know it's just work. It's yeah. just work. And I, I prefer the ways that are super automated, but probably the engagement on something like Instagram, if you do it right and do it well, is, is higher, maybe better. I just better. want I to know. spread ourselves. I, I think lead generation, you should have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's the goal is it's, like spread a wide net. Yeah. It's funny. I, you know, I've been working with my, my dad. Uh, he just retired. He's been at um, UPS for ever. And uh, he just retired and he's gone back into doing some real estate, really just like for fun. And he is trying to get onto like Facebook and all these like social media platforms, which is just like, I don't know, kind of watching like a baby <laughs> work a computer. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But today he mentioned, I was on the phone with him. I was like, yeah, we should get back together and, and talk through your, you know, social media, you know, campaign. What a if good you can, son. If you can call, <laughs> call it that. I love him. I love my dad a lot, apparently. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we were talking. He was like, you know, I just want this to be fully automated when it comes to Instagram. I'm like... Well, Dad, I mean, welcome to the world of content creation. It's just, it's just work. You well, have to put the time in when it comes to this. You got to understand what each one of these systems is supposed to do, mm-hmm. and and how high touch or low touch they are. Mm-hmm. And some, and, and the process will be different, which is why I said you have subsystems, really. Yep. Like because the not wedding wire, I think once or twice a year, you, you, you might be able to do it once, yeah. and literally it works, and you don't need to keep doing it. Sure. You might need to do it once, and then you're like, oh, no, it's not really getting the results well, I want. You might need to tweak it. But at the end of the day, it's pretty low touch. Yeah, this, this is what I would say about those things. And I, I think if you can find a way to do this across the board, which you can do with Instagram and, and Facebook, which is doing it once up front. You know, like I spent a lot of time this year on updating WeddingWire, updating the not, having an actual approach for those uh, platforms for us. That's different. Uh, I think that's important. But but also you can do that on the wedding wire and the knot where you're like, hey, once a month, I'm gonna take half a day, plan out all of my content. That might be pretty well. Here, here's, here's generous, but it it's probably gonna take you a full day. Yeah, and I was to gonna say, it. but at the it's more efficient. It's a scientific method for all of these things. If you can create a control for all of them, that's the the secret sauce. If mm-hmm. you can go like, okay, I'm gonna do a marketing calendar. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. And I'm going to, in my off season, plan out like twice, a, at least so that I never go dark on social, two posts from my R. And there are tools that will let you do it. Yep. I, I, does Planoly still work? Planoly still works, yeah. Yeah, Planoly. I mean, you could use Hootsuite. There's a whole bunch of social planning tools. You can use a Google Calendar. I've done that for clients. Like, yep. But like, you can seriously put a lot of tools out there and, and you can have a control for all of those systems. So mm-hmm. the system is the ecosystem where all your subsystems live in. So all your lead generation should ultimately lead to one place. Mm-hmm. For us, that's how, that's HoneyBook. You know, we all of it is leading into HoneyBook, and it's all leading into lead processing, yep. right? And so lead processing, to me, by the way, like lead processing is the first time a human gets involved in ours, besides the setup. But we're not necessarily, except no nah, social media. Social media, you but end it's, up talking to it's people. not conversational. It's, no. it, it, I guess it is, but it's like, I don't know. We're it's not really funneled. like selling. Yeah. We're not selling. Once you get a lead, which to us, and you have to define what that means. Yeah. So for us, a lead means they're going to fill out a form. Mm-hmm. HoneyBook, WeddingWire, or our form on our website. Yeah. We prefer the form on our website. That's our preferred lead capture yeah but that's when a person is a lead and so when that person does that they opt into the next system right it's almost like lead generation is like wearing the clothes right you're wearing a suit you're wearing a like pretty dress and then lead processing is actually starting that conversation it's relational walking up to the you know woman at the bar and starting that yeah it's all about that relationship right totally and so lead you know you're processing this lead and this is where things get um, I think where a lot of people where it falls apart because this is not fun. Pickup lines. Email. Yeah. Email sucks, like, yeah. but it's actually the best way to do this. I think so too. And and obviously people have different 
ways of, of doing this. Like I know a lot of people who are just like, I only email, I don't like to hop on the phone because I don't feel comfortable on the phone. Me personally, I well, love chatting on the if phone. You, if you aren't willing to actually talk to someone, that's just, yeah. I just think it's wrong. I'm sorry. I just disagree with you. I, like, I, I, I think I, you don't have to meet everyone. Yeah. I think that that is pretty like where maybe you start getting like diminishing returns a little bit mm-hmm. is like, you don't need to meet this person because yeah. like, yeah. And, and different, different strokes. The reason why we don't meet with every person for stop, go love specifically is it just would take up impossible. too much. It's impossible. But with our higher end brand, we want to really sell those people because those people are a bigger fish. So I must spend, I don't mind taking two hours reeling that fish in as opposed to the 10, 15 But either way, that's a take. system for each brand. Totally. Totally. Like we, different approaches. That yep. brand, that system is different for a different reason. Mm-hmm. And so again, like it's like, when is it going to be done? How are you going to do it? And who's going to do it? We're going to, at this point, try to set up a meeting with them. And it's going to be me and you or me or you. That's the system for yep. Huxley Film. For Stop, Go, Love, the system is Natalia, our studio manager, is going to say, thank you so much for getting a hold of us. Jared has time on these appointment times. Mm-hmm. Would you like to call him on these set times? Mm-hmm. That, that is how we do it every time. That is the system. You don't even really get involved until that person says, I want to hop on the phone, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Yeah, that's that's it. Like, I'll see the emails come in, but I know that for me, <laughs> I type like this. Like, yeah. And I'm like, that's not something I ever even really want to be good at is like combing through a million emails. And like, I mean, if you're watching this, you're probably not that person either uh, or listening to this. Um so I'm I like, I don't even want to like touch that. The leader of any business eventually shouldn't be like, once you hit a certain scalability point, like yeah. the first thing you should try to do is get someone to do that stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, your time is too valuable as the, as the business owner. And not saying that that person doing menial. that role is, is meaningless. It's just like, they're going to come in, they're going to do the things that I say to do. And they don't have to think about the whole process. They're just, and my wife is perfect in this role. Like, she wants to be told what to do. Like she wants me to say, Hey, do it this way every single time. Do this. Even better. About this. She wants a system to tell her to do it that way. Exactly. People thrive under systems. I a mean, lot of people only thrive under systems. Yeah. And that is not creatives naturally are types of people who don't like systems, mm-hmm. but you need to realize most of the people you end up working with really, really are used to them. Yes. And they like them. They don't like your scatterbrained approach. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get the best out of them. Yeah. I mean, th- there was a, a, a guy, um, I learned this in college, actually. Uh, mm. This was one of the few things I learned in college before dropping out. But in the early 1900s, when the Industrial Revolution was happening, there was a, a factory owner who created this scientific method, right? So it's like one person does one thing on the chain of the production line, right? You're going to be, oh, did I screw that up? Yes. Oh, well, it's lead, lead, and then project. Okay, I screwed it up. Sorry, everyone at home. Jason is correcting my writing on the board. Look how bad my handwriting is, though. Anyways, scientific method, one person doing one job, and he found it, like, increased production by 50%. Like, right off the bat, just by having one person do one thing. So that's kind of, you know, what we try to do along the way is, like, Natalia, you have a very few set of jobs but you need to do it really really well and she crushes it and then we just are so happy and so grateful i look at my life and i'm like i feel i go home and i'm like i didn't do anything today because really what i did was i deposited one penny into like a million different jars and i'm like i didn't get anything done but over the course like i allowed other people to do the jobs and that's kind of what my job has become but anyways um so lead processing is where most a lot of people struggle and where a lot of industry talks about upselling um, and guess what? I, I personally, I think that stuff is great. And I think a system will even help you do that. Like if you're trying to sell higher price packages, we had, uh, Jonathan Snyder on in Vegas and his thing is patch package analysis, right. And mm-hmm. going through your packages and evaluating their, do they have the proper, um, scaling yep. as they're going up and does it make sense? And that's a system. All this stuff is systems. And, and you're really looking at it and going like, Who's going to do this by when and, and how are they going to get it done? And so what are some of the ways that we like to get our sales done? Like, how would you describe the, 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 the system? 
Just really quick. Make it as simple as possible. For like people. step by step? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, the way our system is set up is inquiry comes in. Natalia responds within 24 hours, usually okay. sooner. Yep. And so. Should I go back farther? No, no. Okay. Because right here, let's pause. Yeah. That person responds, right? A lot of people go, then I hop on the phone or then I sell. But actually, that's not how it goes. And so this is, we actually, our system, we have a bunch of steps before we even get on the phone because yeah. like there's all those potential follow-ups. This is kind of like a choose your destination book. Yeah, yeah. Where turn to page four to go to the left, turn to page five to go to the right. Yes. Uh, what usually, I mean, this is pretty nuanced, but I think if somebody reaches out for pricing specifically, I send them pricing right away. I send them a brochure because that's what they're looking for, even though our pricing Natalia is on the website. Sends them I'm sorry, Natalia sends that to them. They send them a full brochure. They don't ask for pricing. If they're just looking for like a conversation, I say, Jared will set you up with a conversation. And I, I think Natalia I, says that. I'm sorry, Natalia. Um, <laughs> By the way, that is how we talk. We're all a collective. Yeah. So we think of it in terms of we're doing it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Just so the listener I say knows. we. Yeah. I say we. I mean, Natalia. I mean, but, totally. but, but that's the person who does it. Yeah. And I mean, if I am on there and I see someone come in, I do it. I do it just because I'm like, I want. The speed is important to me to get to someone as soon as possible. So I know usually Natalia reads emails and, and gets to certain things at certain parts of the day. If I see it come in, I just get to it just because I'm. So the person fills sorry. it out. <laughs> yeah, they fill it out. Uh, we either send them a brochure with pricing and we say, here's our pricing. We'd love to set up a time to chat with you. Or Natalia says, I'd love to set up a time for Jared to get on the phone with you. Here's a little bit of information. And so that person ignores you. And then what happens? If that person ignores us. Yeah. Then within three days, she's sending them a, hey, wanted to make sure that you got the email. We'd love to chat with you. Simple email. It's like two sentences. And then after seven days, they get another email. So we're contacting them three times in one week if they don't respond. They're saying, hey, pretty much the same thing. Hey, wanted to chat. Like, would love to still chat with you if you're interested. I find that usually that person is a person that is, saw your pricing and is like. Dead lead. Dead lead, Maybe maybe uh but it usually has to do with pricing that's the ghost right the classic person that gets in there and is like yeah. oh this is too much for me to spend or maybe they just found someone they like more than you i mean that happens too um and which is totally fine um or someone responds to you right someone is like oh yeah we really quick though that third email yeah is very hey we're gonna leave you alone if you don't respond to oh this. yeah yeah I, I think the the email structure by the way templated emails guys like you have to have templated emails like you can't be writing it from scratch every time no even if, if you're writing it from scratch text, every time it doesn't even need to be like this fancy looking email if you are me and you're writing emails from scratch every time that's wasting a month of my life every single year like because i'm such a slow <laughs> typer <laughs> like uh so automated emails where you're entering you know in honeybook specifically it enters their name for you and all you have to do is like enter dates like or, or so maybe each, you add each a little stage. So we we have a system too for like a stages mm -hmm. in HoneyBook. So it's yeah. like you know, and I can even just it looks basically like this. Yeah, you put them in different buckets. And so we're just moving a person like that. But if a person responds to our lead and then they want to set up an appointment, we would just yep put them up to the. You know, meeting phase. Yep. And yep. if a person hits to that, you know, stage three and they're getting dumped, then we go like. Yep. yep. In the trash. Archive. Yep. And we don't sweat it. And I think this is the key thing about a system is like you need to take the emotionality out of it. And this is why I bring up this boring part. Because I, when I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, this person ghosted me. It's so rude or I'm so bothered. I'm like, just throw them in the dump. Like, you know, they're not a person you're going to talk to. Mm -hmm. Like, move on. And what they're really experiencing is a fear that they're because their lead generation sucks. They yeah. know they there's a scarcity mentality about their lead processing. Mm -hmm. For us, our lead generation is very good, so we don't worry about every individual lead, and we don't spend time on things that don't produce value. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can get some courage around it as a business owner, and and just really focus on, and I do believe lead generation is the first thing you should focus on. Because I, if you can generate enough leads to sustain saying no to people, 
or not chasing people and not wasting your time with people and not reducing your prices. Like we don't change us. We never negotiate our prices. Yeah. And, and I think it's weird. And we don't pursue people either that are off, you know, they've went through the system. We got hold of them three times and then they're done. We don't even worry about it. I think it's strange when people negotiate prices because honestly, we're at the point now where people never even ask me to negotiate prices because, and I think that has to do a lot with our systems where they're like, wow, these guys are so like surgical in their approach. Like they know how much everything costs. So by the time I'm talking to them about price, they're like, I probably get asked that two or three times a year. Yeah. How many leads are we? We're doing 600 leads, 600 form fills. We're probably hopping on the phone with, half of them i never negotiate prices maybe I, half I, no i never get asked about prices because i think again we have our website on our website all the prices are on our website so they're not um and we systematize getting them the prices why because we don't want to get to step say we didn't give them the prices mm-hmm. and we emailed them three times and then the person called us so at this point my guy or my person mm-hmm. has sent them three emails mm-hmm. then they've wasted 30 minutes of your time then they get the prices then they go talk to their spouse because they're not no one says no on the phone yeah no one will ever be like what i can't afford that i'm too poor the thing that i love is when they're like i'll talk to my husband and then you get an email from the husband i'd like to talk you're like this guy wants to negotiate those are the two times <laughs> whenever someone wants to negotiate but if you if your system even if it's intentional with Huxley film or whatever, yeah. we don't give them the price right away because we're going to, we have to create a quote. Yeah. That's just yeah. how we're it's making a super that custom product. product. Yep. But even then I say, my system on the forum says, what is your budget? And I start at 5,000, <laughs> five to 10. Sure. 10. I don't even give them an option of selecting less Yeah. because I want that person to go, Oh crap, I can't afford this yep. right away. And so I don't have to waste time talking to them. Sure. And I think like, that's just our system. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's the philosophy and the system that we're going for. So, so anyway, we get on the phone. Either at some point they respond in that little chain. They've either fallen off, but think of it this way: we've already eliminated fifty, probably fifty percent of our bad leads right there. Yep. Automatically with almost no work. No work. All I have to do is click the tab that says archive, and yep. I don't even do it. Natalia does it. Yep. And so at that point we've eliminated like, you know, you're going to, if you probably 50%, right? Probably mm-hmm. 50% of the people who get all of us want to get on the phone. The other people just, yeah, I would say, uh, I would say may, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I honestly don't know, <laughs> but it's not everyone. It's no. not even most people. No, no. So they get on the phone and then the system goes, uh, I, um, soothe their ears with my silver tongue and, uh, <laughs> get them to buy a $5,000 video package. Uh, and yeah, I guess usually my consultations are probably like half an hour. So I talk to them and that's time. That's work. That's actually a lot of work. And even someone like, I would say I'm pretty charismatic. That's, that's like draining. That is actual work on when you get on the phone with somebody like you're doing sales. It's, it drains you. Um, at least it does for me. And I would um, encourage everybody get a pitch and just do the same pitch every day. Yeah. If you have a hard that's time with that guys, I mean, I know some people that will be like, I'll never hop on the phone. I only do email or text message or whatever. And I just think hopping on the phone allows Such a competitive to advantage. I'm sorry. Like this is a business. Like yeah, it, hearing someone's voice and, and I think helps them understand who you are a little bit. And just like your little like idiosyncrasies and like just, just imagine your personality if it was so much more. Imagine if it was Craigslist and yeah. you were like, Hey, I want to buy this um, thing from you. And the person refused to come out of the house or like wore a mask or something when they talk to you, <laughs> like you would be like, this is, I'm not trusting this person. This person's sketchy. Yeah. And like, you need to allow a person to start trusting you. The more you can humanize yourself at this point in the process, yeah. the better. All right. You can't really ask someone about what kind of dog they have through email. I guess you could, but like personal stuff, it, you can't get into that stuff. much, much more natural. And, and it comes off much more natural if you're like, hear the dog in the background and you're like, Oh, what kind of dog do you have? I have a, a Yorkie. But that's a system that we have. Sure. Like it's our important. system is 
very it's it's almost impersonal it's polite and it's professional but we're not giving them a person to grab onto until they get on the phone because we don't yes. want people to feel like they have that level of access to yes. us we want them to feel like access comes to clients yep access doesn't come to people who just fill out our form yep so then you start becoming a client and you get more access yep. more access more access and the first thing that we always do is say Tell me about how you met. How do you want the data feel? It's very personal and that's intentional yep. and it's systematized. You do yep. it every time. And then how many times do people come back to us and say, oh, I love that you did that in the email, in the phone call. I love that. What, what We part? talked a personal conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, a person the other day said A lot said of times it. people will be like, I feel like we have a connection to you. Mm -hmm. They won't even say, they'll say like, oh, we like your work. Sure. That's 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 pretty common. But but saying like I feel like you, either you'll get along with our photographer or we have a personal connection with you. By the way, guys, I'm not shooting every wedding. Like they feel they booked us because I had a personal connection with them and they know they trust me so that I can say, "Here's my lead shooter Dom, here's my lead shooter Caleb. These are the team members that are going to treat you just as well as I will." And that, I, just because they start a relationship with me and they trust yeah. me, yeah, they're like, "He's a cool guy. That yeah. guy wouldn't screw me." Yeah, and it's he's like, not hire he's schmucks. not gonna send me some guy. And if there was a problem, like he's gonna make it right. Yeah, like that's why that personal connection. So, but we do that as a system. Mm -hmm. So, like, systematize it and like, don't give your like, you don't reinvent the wheel every time you get on the phone. Yep. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try that. Like, try to refine your pitch. Yep. Get your pitch. In in sales, there's a book called Ultimate Sales Machine. Love this book. Mm -hmm. You should check it out. This book is really instrumental to me, The Ultimate Sales Machine, and it's cheesy, really cheesy. But they talk about the what makes a good salesperson, and mm -hmm. they say a really good salesperson will never take no for an answer, mm -hmm. but they have high customer empathy. Mm -hmm. And high customer yeah, empathy means that. you listen. Yep. You're a good listener, and you try to understand their problem and their needs and yep. what they want. And you're also a little pushy. And I think a lot of us, we might struggle with that, but you can you can start refining it by I, getting an elevator pitch. I would say I struggle with that. I struggle with being a pushy salesman because I just see it's like so tacky. And you're probably at home thinking the same thing. If you're a creative, you've been sold to, like everyone's been sold to, and you know when you're being sold by just like some dude who's no like no empathy for you. It's like they don't listen to you. And it's just like, how annoying is that? But like little things, like when I get on the phone with somebody, um, it's going to be much more uh, of a positive sales experience for someone if they're like, yeah, we're doing a first look. And then later I'm referring to, well, when you do the first look, you'll want to do it this See, way. See, I don't think you struggle with that. No, no, no. The thing that I struggle with is being pushy. I don't think you do, though, because I, I, I think you're perfectly willing to t give someone a very, very firm, clear pitch. I, I've heard certain even there's a book on on wedding sales and he will actually go as far to be like is there any reason why you wouldn't want to book today See, i don't right now and but that's, that's not what they say as a good salesperson what they say is you don't take no for an answer it doesn't sure. mean that you're pushy it just means when a person says like i can't afford that you go okay how can i help this person afford this sure what can i do sure to help this person afford it. You, yeah. you, and you call people back and yep. you're willing to keep going back. You're yep. not embarrassed by someone saying yep. no. Yep. A lot of people are absolutely embarrassed. Yep. So let's keep talking systems. Yeah. So you, you, at that point you've hopped on the phone with them. That's not a done deal though. Yeah. The system management is you go on a date with somebody, yep. right? It's like you, you went out, you tried to woo them. It's all out there. I think the follow up is kind of like second date, yeah. right? Getting them in and, and you know, how often them. do you feel like you have to get on a second phone call? Oh, rarely. I mean, we don't even really systematize rarely. that, by the way. Usually everything else can be answered by email. Yeah. We, we try not to systematize things that we just don't want to be doing. Yeah. We don't want to be hopping on the phone a second time. That's, that's a, yeah. uh, okay, we have to do it. But it's by not the way, ideal. we're willing to, I, I'll always throw it out there. Like, even though it's never happened, like I'll be like, you know, usually cause you have the same thing, you know, you're, you're, emailing them. You're like, Hey, I wanted to follow up after our phone call and see how you guys are feeling. Usually we do that maybe, uh, probably within three days, kind of same mentality as the, the uh, processing three days after the phone call. Hey, I just wanted to follow up, see if you guys had a chance to talk. And, and by the way, I'll send an, a follow-up email after the conversation, just giving them our prices, giving them our a la carte menu, giving them just like little, uh, points of information, like 
This is what raw footage looks like. Here's a blog I wrote about it. Here's the music groups we licensed through. Here's just some things that, you know, you guys can do some extracurricular reading if you want to. Um, and just you give it all to them. And then three days later, hey, I wanted to follow up, see if you guys had a chance to talk over the weekend. Um, let me know. We'd love to chat. Um, and, and if someone, we do that a couple different times. Usually like a, a third email is like, or a second email after that is like, I would even be willing to hop on the phone again if you want to go through some things. Every once in a while, maybe once a year, I'll hop on the phone call again, or on the phone again. But um, for the most part, usually at that point, somebody has enough of. By the way, we don't really get ghosted that much at that point. No, because no, we don't. because we've established a relationship with that yeah. person. That person will at least have the courtesy to say, after those two emails, I went with someone uh, else went with who someone was cheaper. Else. I couldn't right. afford it, yep. or. I like, you know, it was between you guys yep. and we like, you know, they have a level up. of respect for you that is higher than just some internet robot that they filled out a form for. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so usually I can't almost never do we not know that someone went somewhere else after a phone call. Yeah, I would agree. Usually the person where we have a very, we're not dropping leads at that point that are actually hot. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not leads anymore. Yep. And so we're either selling them or they're telling us they went somewhere else at that point. Yep. And so probably we do the same three email system at that point. And yep. on that third email, we're like, Hey, we're going to be yeah. archiving your project. Basically. Yeah. We don't say that, but I, 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 what I'll say is, um, and you can use this, I won't charge, uh, you know, I wanted to reach out to you one last time before, you know, we archive your project essentially. Um, you know, we'd love to be a part. Obviously we know there's a lot that goes into the wedding day. Um, feel free to reach out whenever. feel free to reach out at any point, you know, it's a goodbye letter. Yeah. But for us, what the system, all system need a beginning and an end. Yep. So you need to know I'm done with this lead. I'm not going to be following up with you anymore. And you in your own heart, like it's not even for that person. It's for you. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I dropped my pen. I'm going to not even cut that out. We're going to leave it raw, guys. Sometimes we drop pens. We're humans. <laughs> um, but like you need for you to know when you're done. Not. I agree. A lot of people are like, oh, I need to tell this person. I'm not going to call them. So they're not. Who? I mean, let's be honest. Who cares? That person's not your customer. Yeah. Who cares what they think. Yeah. <laughs> what matters is you're not going to keep going to every Facebook group in the universe. This person ghosted me. What should I do next? Delete them from your queue. <laughs> they don't want to hire you. Yes. Get another lead and work on that lead. And just think of it this way. That person on the front end of your, that could be a customer, doesn't want to know that you don't care about them. You care mm -hmm. about some person who said no to you. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you're married to your wife or you're dating a new girl and all you could talk to them about is the person who rejected you. Mm -hmm. We've all dated that person. Maybe we haven't all, but it's not fun. Yeah. Don't do that to your actual customers. Yeah. Focus on your customers. Focus on people who want to become your customers. Don't focus on people who aren't going to be your customers. So plenty of other people on Tinder. You know? Plenty of other people, plenty of fish in the sea. So the other part of this lead processing for us is this is part of the lead processing is putting them into project management. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we do, we use a, t a tool called Asana. You might have another one, Basecamp. I don't know. Um, there's Trello. There's a lot of tools out there. Um, actually, this is something I do for companies. Yeah. So I'm a nerd about this, and I really love project management platforms. HoneyBook, oh, by the way, you could charge a lot more for your customers if you were more like Asana and included some more Asana things yes, in there. Yes, yeah. We love you, HoneyBook, but that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> even just like a straight up like just a Kanban style board or whatever. A what? Kanban. I don't know that. Basically, it's like you go to systems and they have a board. It's just the boards that they have in Trello. Okay. And okay. the boards that they have in Asana. Those yeah. are Kanban boards. They used okay. to do them with sticky tabs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Software development. Okay, okay. Anyway, yeah. some kind of way of managing leads. Yeah. Left to right, no back, no backsies. Yeah. So how deep do you want to go into Asana? Not very deep. Okay. Just really quick. Because I don't, this is where we start to get into a place where I don't know that you need this. For some of you guys, something like HoneyBook that has to-dos and automation is going to be all you need to manage your projects. For us, we have a, a bunch of employees and a bunch of staff and a bunch of contractors, and, and we need a tool outside of HoneyBook that is cheap to add people to. Honey, Asana, we use the free version, and we can add all the team members we need for a season, and we it's can give them- people. 
for the give them version. access to the parts they need to have access to. So we'll say like organize equipment. That's a task. And we have templated projects for weddings. And when a person becomes a certain thing, I think when a person, when a, when it says contract signed, we have an automation that will, um, and maybe we're not, we change this from time to time based on what our needs are for the year, but we could set up an automation that would create a project in Asana. And then we can go in there, apply the template, all this stuff. But at that point, like once you've sold a lead, then it's a project in Asana. That's for us. Yeah. That is not for everyone. But what is important is you know what happens when a person signs a contract and pays your deposit. They become a real customer. And what do you do with them at that point? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think if you're a person at home and you you know you're going to be doing the shooting, the editing, the communications, like – Asana is too much for you. You don't need to touch it. But for us, you know, you might be at home thinking, oh, well, HoneyBook, you can assign people to HoneyBook projects. For us, it's the difference of, you know, yes, I, I have um, a person who's a lead shooter um, who also maybe second shoots. And I don't want or, my assistants looking at all my communications between the client. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I don't want them in a HoneyBook. I mean, we, we do add our assistants to HoneyBook and we add our lead shooters to HoneyBook eventually, but usually the assistant is added a month or two beforehand way at the end yeah way at the end um a lead shooter we like to be added a long time in advance so we know we have a person on site but um the difference between honeybook and, and asana asana is going to give you much more granularity of like this is going to be the lead shooter this is going to be the second shooter this is going to be the assistant you know this person's going to be flying drone this person's going to be doing photo booth it just gives more roles i think well and it gives you due dates it gives you um great follow-up yep. tasks that to kick off from the first task being completed. Yep. You can create very sophisticated, granular, um, and then um, variant path kind of yep. things where if this, then this type yep. of situation. I mean, for us, it's what we need. You don't necessarily need that. Here's what I want to just drive home. Prob if, you're, if you're into teams, we can have a separate conversation and we will do mentor session with you. Mm -hmm. And this is very detailed. And if we, if we ever did that with you, this is what is worth the money is talking through this very complex stuff that we're really good at. But for most of you, you never need to be considering this. What I will say is you got to know when, how, and who. When is a project get made? Who's gonna manage all the dates, times, all this? Like, When does a person become a real customer? At what point mm -hmm. in your lead processing are they a customer? And how? what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. And we've clearly defined that um, this was really, really, really important to our growth. Yeah. Like for us to become a team-based business, we had to do this stuff. And it allows us to run very low touch, a lot of automation, super highly efficient processes that require, I bet our process for all these various people involved takes less work than some people who are just them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was gonna hop in there too and just say, you know, it is work, certainly. Um, and, and that stinks, <laughs> more work stinks, but it does save us time at the end of the day, because if you're having to like call people and be like, all right, you know, Jack, you're going to be on August 31st. Make sure you remember everybody no get on the same Google calendar. Like, yeah. Everyone to get on the same Google calendar. Oh, I mean, it's less work than it would have to be otherwise. And there's just kind of a threshold that you'll eventually cross. If you're looking to expand your business where it's like, you just have to do this. Like for us, I have done it for five years, six years. And, you know, just this last year was the first year that I was able to hand that off to our office admin, Natalia. And she just, you know, has kind of taken a little bit of that away from me. Hey, um, so, so yeah. I'm going to step in. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to do this as a two part episode. Um, so we're going to jump in on the next episode and we're going to be talking about project management and project follow up yeah. and then kind of some closing thoughts on, on some systems. For us, this is a big part of our who we are as individuals, and I think a lot of what we bring to the table as creatives is is this way of thinking, um, and less about. I mean, I think we're good shooters. I think we can be good creatives. Yeah. But hopefully, um, I know that we can bring this to um, as a big value add for your business. And yep. I hope for those of you that have systems that like you're able to refine them. And for those of you that don't feel your systems are very good, that you're not feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And so I just want to look, let's close on that really quick. Sure. If somebody is, has a business and they heard us talk about like, 
you need to know, you know, what's going to get done and how's it going to get done? Who's going to do it? When they're going to do it? And, and they've heard about the four systems that we talked about, lead generation, lead processing, project management, project follow-up. And they are literally are like, Oh shoot. I don't know how I'm handling it. I'm just kind of going by the skin of my teeth. I'm just taking things as they come. What would you say is the first thing they should do in order to really start to become really to change their business and change their internal, their culture in terms of systems. I, I would say we mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, like write things down, write your systems down. That might be the first step for somebody is actually like write these things down, write your, you know, A to Z kind of, um, chain of events, right? Um, I think that's probably the first step. And, and then, yeah. And that's all we were trying to do today, by the way, is this is, what we do in each one. Yep. So, so you can answer the question for yourself. Pro what do I do for lead generation? What do I do for lead processing? What do I do? What probably, are, probably the next it? episode. What I would like to do is grade ourselves on each one of these mm -hmm. processes, A, B, C, D, F, you know, you can also do B minus. You could, you could give yourself a little bit of granulization there, but, um, and they're graded by the way, based on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. So like if your goal is to, do two more weddings at a higher price. Yep. Are you going to accomplish that with this system? Yep. If your goal is to double your volume yep. and that could be that you have 10 weddings and you want to do 20, mm -hmm. like it's based on your goal. So there's a subjectivity to it, but be honest. I, I think it's the thing I like about this is I think all these steps are equally important. I think like, so too. Like they're all, and a lot of them are happening at the, the same time, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, and, and I would think, um, yeah, kind of decide figuring out where you're struggling. Um, Self-evaluation is a huge part of running a business. Like, and and the thing you mentioned it before, the thing I like about all these systems is, with a good system, you can tell where the holes are. Like, yeah. where's finding the leak? those things out. Yeah, where, where's the leak? How am I failing? I mean, I can tell you a million things that we're failing at. That's why I'm excited to get into this because it's like so actually having them written down is a big deal. So if you're if you're you know at home or wherever listening to this. Um, write those things down because the next podcast what things we're going to write down uh lead generation how you're uh succeeding or failing uh write down your process give yourself an a b a to f grade and in terms of writing down your process just keep it simple write down the stuff you're doing yep just yep. write down here's the things i do for lead generation here's the things that go into lead you know and it's it's apps it's processes i yep. so it's like email seo the not yeah i do all these things and then give yourself a grade on how effective they are at yep. accomplishing your goals. Lead processing, same thing. Yep. Um, which is really just like how the people are being funneled. Mm -hmm. Are you doing a good job? Do you have a, you know, how many categories of people do you have? I mean, this is a lot of work. So, you know, I think it's good that well, we're you're, doing two you're different looking parts. at each one and saying, how effectively do they answer those key three questions? Mm -hmm. Do yep. they help me know, you know, who's doing it? how it's being done and by when is it being done? Yep. And if, if you can say about each one, yeah, they basically do. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it every day. First thing in the morning by doing email. Mm -hmm. Yep. Great. Yep. That's fine for a lot of your businesses. That's going to be great. Now you, you're good. Every system is going to hit a stress point and it won't be able to maintain a certain level of volume. Yep. So when you get to 200 leads, 300 leads a year, you might realize that manually emailing everyone isn't effective. And at that point you need something like HoneyBook mm -hmm. and then your system changes. So this is a work in progress. So that's the cool thing. And that's the last thing I'll say is like, yeah. write all that stuff down, do exactly what Jared said, but to, and be really, really brutally honest about how much you suck at it. Mm -hmm. But also realize like everyone, wherever they are in their business to get to the next level, you're gonna have to change and grow. Yeah. So whoever you are today, wherever you are in your business today, is gonna is not gonna be enough for where you're gonna need to go tomorrow. Yep. And that's just that's not a failure. Mm -hmm. That's just life and and that's and just it, where you need to go. And everyone's gonna naturally, I think, be good at one of those four things, like generation, processing, managing, follow up. Like for me, I'm great at management because it just naturally comes to me. I can hop on the phone with someone and like talk to them and and get them on board. But then maybe like the follow up is the thing that I struggle with because I'm, I'm more like, just good at telling people this is the four things you should do. And yeah, really yeah. so much. And you're good at generation. You can generate because you're a marketing guy. Um, too. 
Okay, so that's the end of this, um, the first part of our systems episode. We, we've been putting it off for a while because I was like, oh, this is going to be so much. I knew it was going to turn into this, but yeah. I actually think it's really important and, and we're super excited to talk yeah. about it. So like I said before, get ready for episode two. We're going to try to release it pretty quick to maybe even the next day after the first episode. So hopefully we'll get to that. But um, if you haven't subscribed, check us out and subscribe. Um, if you're listening on Apple, then check out YouTube. We've got a bunch of other content, yeah. you know, product kind of stuff, tutorial stuff. Check us out on YouTube. Give us a sub there. It's I, not I just the so, same content. I would say on YouTube too, um, comment. Comment the things that you're working through in your own business because I think it's probably, you're probably going to find people that are struggling with the same things. Um, and hopefully we can all learn and grow together. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. See you guys.